regrettably, I don't get it. The pop culture <laughs> get off my lawn cast, featuring the opening line of music of two early '30s curmudgeons. Staring oh no! Over. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How did we? How did you subtract 15 years from our lives, my friend? Starting to lie about our age, so we look like uh, we have vitality. We gotta do that. I literally had a moment when I was 33 when yeah. I had a panic. I remember where I said, I'm going to start taking two years off my life. I just had this panic, like, the world had passed me by. So I, like, made a promise to myself to start lying about my age. It didn't go It didn't go very well. It's one of my many commitments in my life that I gave up on ten minutes later. <laughs> Almost but. immediately. I'm, so, a, I'm a real American, damn it. That's what I do. So I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of America Caesar Enterprises, which is a uh, humble New England chandlery. I am joined, as always, by the guy who was just talking to me about uh, age-related hoaxes. You are... I am 31-year-old... Now that's <laughs> Noah Tarno, uh, founder, senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. And what a spectacular Ooh. it is. And speaking of spectacular, Noah, yeah. today we have a Today's topic. We have a humdinger yes. of a topic. Since we have our finger on the pulse of, I guess, America's youth, I don't even, I don't even know. Well, yes, this was brought to my attention by, mentioned many times on the show, my nephews, Adam and Jack Weiland, high school juniors. They told me that the hottest current video game among their high school cohort is... A game called Among Us. Wait, no, no, wait. Among Us is what it's called. Among yeah. Us. Uh, actually, th- this was brought to me by a guy named Frank's, uh, Frank Smith, who's out there in the world. He's a New Yorker friend. He and his lovely... No, I brought it up. I suggested it to you. Yeah, I know, but I'd, I'd heard about it a week beforehand from... You had heard of it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, it's Somebody who said, "Hey, have you covered this yet?" I'm like, "No, Frank. Actually, I didn't." But uh, I'm gonna run it. I'm gonna run it through committee, official channels, and Noah. Noah gave the thumbs up. We, we, we start to the, the I don't get it board of directors, and we put it through the official the process, the yeah. star chamber of men who sit in silence and they just hold up two yeah. paddles, a blue one or a red one, to say this is good or this one isn't. But their their faces are in shadow, so we don't see who they are. But they they do give us the tacit approval to go ahead with it or not. So yes, we're talking about Among Us. I, I'm guessing there's got to be a few things that could hold claim to being the quarantine game sensation. 2020 because there's been first of all so many people uh locked in or uh, pursuing alternate forms of entertainment we haven't really focused on them a whole lot well Um, we talked about animal crossing yeah animal crossing was one but i mean there's got to be even more than we've talked about it's just that we don't we don't really live in that world so much other than i I have video game phobia man we've been over this i guess Neither of us necessarily live in the world, but we have younger people, in Noah's case especially, two younger ankle biters, those little wee toddlers, uh, his nephews. Who are, um, who are taller than me. Yeah, well, those blue mailboxes may be taller it's, than you for all I know. The, but, uh, I'm not that, look, I was short as a kid, but not anymore. No, it's the circle of life, my friend. Soon yeah. you you will, maybe you should take their marrow and, uh, you know, add their yeah, strength to like yours. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we don't want them usurping me as yes. my heirs. <laughs> Yes, so, so yeah. I, I have gotten a verbal commitment from them to to take care of me when I'm a decrepit old man. No, I hope I hope right. you get that in writing because that just can't be a handshake. They, yeah, right. No, they said they will hire someone to change my poopy diaper when I'm 93 years old. So yeah, which nice luckily since you're 31, it's going to be 60 years. I know from now. it's a long time from now. Yeah, okay. So Among Us is a multiplayer game. I thought it was only Steam. It was only on this game service called Steam, but apparently Noah tells me it might be on other services. Hey, anyway, we'll get into that particular. Um, I just uh, do. 
dude, all I did was download it onto my phone. I hear you. I get you. I get you. Anyways. You, you, you apparently had problems with that process, but it, w it was the only thing I found easy about this whole thing. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing I found was the, the, the downloading it. It's on Steam, and apparently it's on other sites. It's just not on Macintosh, which is which is really weird. It's not on Mac, which I don't get why you would do that. But, but again, I have an iPhone. I again, I downloaded it easily to my Apple-created product. I iPhone. hear you. I hear you. All right. What can I tell you? That's the wall I came in. That's the wall I got in contact with. So, so this game, the structure of the game is, and this is where me and Noah come back into the. We 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 let ourselves back into the room because this is a ramped up version of a party game, the likes of which we are actually very familiar with. This guy, what the hell's his name? Um, the animator dude who who made this, uh, Marcus Bromender. He played this game that I know you guys have played too, Mafia or Werewolf. It goes by I, one I always knew it as Werewolf. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the two, but it's pretty much the same game. The idea being there's a room and And reading the article in Guardian, they call it Wink Murder. When we were both in Oxford, remember that's what they called it, when we were wearing the... Um... Dude, I studied at Oxford for a summer. Do you well, know I mean, that? Uh, I don't think I actually, I don't think I did know that. I no. studied at Oxford Pembroke College, my friend. Did you drink the gigantic boot of uh, beer when you were there? Or no, the yard of the yard of beer? Like I J did Judd not. Nelson I did? do remember they, they served very, very good tuna fish sandwiches. I remember being very delighted with that. That's kind of why people know of Oxford more than anything yeah, else. It's pretty much. It it's started, it wasn't back in the 1100s or whatever. It wasn't a university. It was a... Fishmonger. It was a lunch. It was a lunch counter. Sandwich. Yeah, it was a lunch counter. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a, it was a luncheonette. It was a subway location. It said. It said. It. Coming soon. Uh, educational yeah. institution beneath yes. it, painted in old English. So yeah, so if you if you guys know what mafia or slash werewolf or slash wink murder is, you know a bunch of people in a room in a circle, I guess, and said, you know, you come up with this thing where there's one person is the imposter and or killer, and you know the the, the game is to, for everyone to agree on who that one person is, and once they're kind of fingered, metaphorically speaking, uh, that's that's the victory is they're picked well, we out. We are in quarantine, yeah. That is true. We have we got to entertain ourselves. So this guy decided to adapt it for you know to to code it and make it into you know an actual thing you can play on a platform that is really optimized for the the party uh, online multiplayer experience i think it was designed not just to play with strangers but almost like the way these jackbox games are set up where people who are friends play amongst each other so it's like a parlor game just you, you 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 host a game you give your friends a code you yeah, get yeah, together yeah. on right yeah i mean you know I, I think this is where it becomes some of the games we played here for, for the purpose of this podcast have been a little weird. They've been like the, the quacking duck game and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Some, some right. of them have been strange. Like, I don't know, the, the, the Roblox and whatnot. Like, oh, these don't quite make sense. This is a little bit of a, like, this is our native language. This particular game being adapted for the for the digital space is a native language for us, which is kind of cool. So I think you, you get the kind of game we're talking about here. Yeah, so this guy, Marcus Bromander, who was an animator. I, I mean, yeah, looks like he had a, a couple of these... Uh, video game concepts that he spun out. He has a very kind of folksy line art style, very simple iconography that right. is, it, it could very well be animation as well as video games too. These guys look like little min, little minions, right? No, it's almost like- Yeah, they, they kind of look like minions. They're a little, I mean, the, the basic thing is you're on a spaceship. Yeah. You haven't even told them how the game works. Well, we'll I mean, that's- that eventually. Yeah. I'm sure, I believe in you, Bill. Yeah, you trust me, right. Yeah, this thing picked up notoriety. 
uh, when people became trapped inside looking for communal activities. It had been around for two years. I believe this guy's company is called Inner Sloth. Apparently, it debuted to very little fanfare. It was not a hit until yeah. it, it kind of caught on earlier this year in, in pandemic, in quarantine. Right. Can you believe it? Something about there for two years since 2018. How does the, the rolling eye of Sauron, the gaze from the tower of Barad-dûr, somehow finally turn on something that's been out there for a while and elevated? Is well, it? as usual, you there is an answer to that question. You just didn't do the research and you didn't find it. It uh, was picked up by some gamers in Korea, mm-hmm. I believe, and then it got picked up by very popular Twitch streamers, particularly this one ultimate douchebag looking guy called Soda Poppin. That's, and a, that's Soda a job, Poppin, by the way, being ultimate douchebag. You oh can't get God. that job. I, you, could, you could, even if you never heard of this guy, there's a photo of him on Wikipedia that you can, you can imagine what he looks like. He picked up on it. He's got zillions and zillions of Twitch followers who watch his video game playthroughs that made it popular and let then, me let me just course, clarify this i did see that i did i did come across all this it's just that it didn't sink in as being the thing that right. could you know even after all these years okay. of doing the show Noah, it's still i'm still looking for some other patient zero even though what you said is plainly obvious that this has something jumps up it never strikes me intuitively as the kind of thing that can do this but right. that that's that's the that's the weird synthesis between the world we live in and the world i live in you're saying your problem is not a lack of effort it's a lack of comfort Absolutely. That's what you're saying? As always. Okay. So yes. It's not that you're lazy, it's that you're dumb. And then it was picked up by Ninja, hmm. who you've probably heard of. Sure. Ninja's got to be one of the most, uh, of all the people who's never, uh, people concepts that have never actually been a topic of our podcast, mm-hmm. we've mentioned the most times. Right. He's a very popular streaming gamer, and he and Soda Poppin are probably the same person. Soda Poppin. Um, Jesus. Okay. He's very popular. By the way, I was very um, disappointed not long ago. I Googled ninja. Just I needed an image of a ninja. You know, the ninja Japanese warrior. <laughs> you can't even get entire, that. You get this guy the entire instead. first page was this asshole. Fucking asshole. You know, Jesus. It, it yeah. is it is subsumed the Japanese warrior archetype. But let me let me uh, I'm going to hand it off to you just in, in two seconds. Yeah. Like you like you said the actual gameplay is a matter of it's this um almost like three-quarter view open top of a sprawling spaceship with various rooms and chambers and you your little sort of minion guy almost looks like a boiler suit or a welder you know you're it's almost like pajamas with a visor you can customize it you run from room to room fixing all these tasks whichever you know it's communal but while you're fixing these tasks some of it's rewiring some of it's hitting buttons some of it's uh, you know the the sort of goofy video game maintenance of a spaceship somebody one of the, one of these little minion guys is the imposter the killer and so while you're busy rewiring something You'll just get killed out of the air by someone who you don't know. That's essentially the gameplay. You know, you're, well, you're well. Then, when a body is found, this yes. is the key part. Right. When a you, body is found, all the real people, not imposters, call a meeting. They get together. There's a little chat box, and you debate over who the imposter is. Is it blue? You know, everyone's a different color. Is it blue? Is it red? Is it purple? And based on whoever quote wins the vote, you kick them out of the airlock, and they die. And yeah. if they're the imposter, you guys win. And maybe exactly. there's, you could set it to have more than one imposter. If they're not an imposter, maybe you kill an innocent person. Yeah. And by the way, if you get killed by the imposter, now you're a ghost and you float around. Yeah. So you, and you also can, yeah, there's, you can still there's, see the gameplay. There's not just a spaceship. There's also like a like an Antarctic base. I also played that version. Right. And there's a third thing I can't remember right now. Well, Noah, what do you think of this whole deal? Talk to me about it, baby. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know the story of the Uruguayan rugby team, you know, oh, alive. Alive, yeah. Right? Those of you who don't know, in the early seventies, this they were like college age Uruguayan rugby team and their friends and their family, and they were flying to a game somewhere in South America over the Andes, and they're playing Crash in the Andes. 
and there were about 50 of them. They crashed in the middle of the snow. They had almost no food. The weather conditions were extremely harsh. They were in the mountains. Many of them died in the crash. They got their radio working, and they heard that rescue efforts had failed, and they were giving up on them. And with no food and no resources, and you know, one night an avalanche kills 10 more of them, they had to save themselves. After about a month, two of them hiked their way out of the mountains and rescued themselves. I mean, and they, they lived through a horrible ordeal. They ended up eating the dead bodies. Uh, they were eventually absolved by the Pope. They're all Catholic. They rescued themselves. And it's an incredible story of survival. Uh, many of the survivors decades later have gone on to huge success. I mean, some of them have been politicians in Uruguay, doctors and lawyers. Uh, I believe about half of the total people who were there survived. Uh, I've read Alive more than once. It's a fantastic book. It's extremely inspiring. There was a movie with Ethan Hawke. Apparently it was good. I never I never watched it. It's an incredible story of survival, beating the odds, of facing down the greatest horror one can imagine, and determination. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sometimes I like to think about that. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I I can't, man. I just, I fucking can't. I just can't anymore. We're recording today on Saturday. This has been, no joke, one of the most traumatic weeks in American history. I just, I fucking can't anymore. And if you listen to the show, you know I'm not a video game person. I'm just not. I mean, I when I was a kid, I liked Tetris and Atari, and I would go play like freaking, you know, like fighting games at the video arcade. But just any video game is a fucking ordeal for me to play, to understand, to wrap my mind around. Then you have the fact that you say this is in our wheelhouse and we do like party games. You and I have played party back in ancient history when people could get together and when you and I lived in the same country and when we even lived in the same city, we would play party games. But Werewolf, as I've known it, has a bit of a thorny history with me. So my first memory of Werewolf is probably, jeez. 12 years ago, I was dating friend of the shows, although it's possible she's never listened to it before, Katie Venino. Katie Venino and I went to the home of a friend, listener of the show, Adam Starling, game night, and we played Werewolf, and I remember having a very good time, even though Werewolf really isn't my kind of game. And that was really brought home to me when I moved to San Francisco, and I'm like, how the fuck do I make friends in the city? I'm 40 years old. I found a meetup for Werewolf players, and I went, and it was so traumatic for me because I was so bad at this game. I can't pick up on social cues. This is part of the reason why I'm such a social wreck, why I'm a dating wreck, all these things. Games like Werewolf where you have to just kind of look around the room and feel people out and get what they're indicating with their body language and the way they talk and not what they say. I'm very much about direct communication. And when there's something that involves indirect communication, I fucking, not only do I fail, but I feel bad about it. And then you combine it with the video game thing and fuck it. Um, it just, it not only am I bad at it, not only do I not have fun, but it makes me feel like a fucking complete loser. You add that, the game, when you're in that little room debating who the villain is, people are typing each other, they're typing in text speak. I can't understand a word they're saying. They're moving too fast for me to understand. So now I feel old. I can't tell. We're in this little cone of vision. So this game is completely over my head in one of the most traumatic weeks of my country's history. I, I fucking can't. And I just go back and I think about Alive, and that inspires me. I'm done, Bill. I'm fucking done. I, there's a window right next to me. I am about to throw myself out this way, though. You know, what you left out was that you really, really sincerely missed the taste of human flesh as well. And the most traumatic thing is not being able to get all that delicious thigh meat that you crave you so know, much. You here's, know, here's the thing. Part of what's so inspiring about Alive is, like, 
the description of how they did it in like the levels. Like at first they'd only eat a little and then eat more. And at first they, 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 would, they wouldn't eat relatives. They established all these rules. And actually we like to laugh about it. But that's one of the most inspiring parts. It's really, it's an amazing uh, it story. It was fascinating. And, know, I, and I like to think, I, it sounds crazy. I like to think it took a lot of bravery for them to, to, to break that taboo. Part of the reason the Pope forgave them is they did the right thing. Well, you know, they would actually prepare the meat by putting it on the fuselage of the plane. So while yeah, they were in the mountains. bake in the sun, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it sort of like became a jerky or some, a tartare. Yeah, yeah. And they, they said that they, <laughs> the tastiest part of the human body was actually the brain because it was almost buttery. Yes. Well, yeah, I can see there's trauma heaped upon trauma heaped upon trauma <laughs> in recursive layers. It's like a phyllo yes. dough of Tarnovian disaster. I, I could appreciate exactly. that for sure. Exactly. Uh, if you get anything from this conversation is that you should, I don't know about the Ethan Hawke movie, but I, I, I watched the original Spanish language movie and read the Piers Paul Reed book, and they are both. Uh, I, I didn't realize there was a Spanish language movie. That's yeah, yeah. It was in the 70s. It was in the late that. 70s. Okay. It was many years later. Right. But uh, yeah, both wonderful experiences, much like if you ever read John Krakauer's Into Thin Air, fucking fantastic. I haven't Some, read that, but I. Something I've that's really hardcore, like, you know, just a, reading about a disaster from the vantage point of being inside a disaster is great. It's just something, I mean, you know, I don't want that, but it's like if, if you can live to tell the tale and sort to be the master of it that's you know very few people are ever going to live that experience in life it's uh, it's gotta i mean talk again inspiring just to read about it yeah yeah i mean i, I like details i like i like the uh, much like my one of my favorite directors lucio fulci i like the destruction of the human body and so i like any tale that deals with the the demolition of the human body and, and isn't they, he the guy who directed zombie yeah the very same yeah precisely so like with just someone's eye getting impaled on a stick by a zombie that's great. And a shark eating a zombie, a shark and a zombie fighting. Right? Yes, yes, that's true. Okay. Very good. See? Right. Good recall. Is that actually a good movie? I always thought it was just like a gore fest that people love because it's insane. But is it actually a good motion picture? Why can't it Why can't it be both? Fair point. I was intimating before about how much difficulty I had installing this because I was trying to go through Steam. The only version of this I saw was through Steam. And Steam has some Mac versions. We, we play the Jackbox games. Like I said, Quiplash and Drawful and things like that. But the version of this game among us that was on Steam was not Mac compatible, so I had to download a uh, a, a PC emulator, a Windows emulator, to launch. I would have given up well before. As well, you should have. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to install it on my phone via Steam, but again, it said it does not work with iPhone, and so I had a different technical problem. Who knows why? How you got to your thing and how I got to my thing? I played it cold. I wanted to see how like how intuitive the game was. Whether I, you know, I knew the name of it. And I installed it. I didn't know what it was about. See what it's like without even having, like, that's the real, you know, test of whether or not I think you got something on your hands. It was inscrutable. I had no idea what I was looking at. Um, well, but there's a there's a little tutorial that lasts two minutes. Did you look at that? I did, but even that didn't make any sense. Um, it was like, it it was makes, like I, I did that, and then I did the free play thing, and I felt like I got a hang of it, and I still hated it. I thought it was too many random details. So the thing is, then I went, I spent about 25 minutes on YouTube looking at playthroughs, and a guy actually explaining in a longer video, here's how, the, here's where the stakes are. Once I saw what was supposed to happen, I got killed three times almost instantly. <laughs> and I, ha I hate that, because anytime I would play like yeah. an arena game, you know, as soon as the game would start, like, you know, it's like a Tom Clancy game, I would get shot in the head instantly, every single time. And ready, it's going to start. Wham, dead. Okay. Yeah. You have yeah. to wait in a holding room until the game. Feet. It's like, yeah. no, this is boring. Yeah. This is, I, so finally, the third, the third time or the fourth time, uh, I got in there and I, I took off and I started, yes, I found some of the tasks, the rewiring, sample testing in the medical lab, et cetera, et cetera. And another person got killed and they called the meeting and it went yep. to the little tribal council. I saw the votes and yeah. 
Yeah, like the same thing. Like, yeah, it's definitely green. It's green. It's green. And then yeah, green... I had nothing to go. I had zero to go. Yeah, I don't know what it means in so that conversation. The green, yeah. the green guy said, you know, in some you know tech speak, okay, guys, got me. The animation of the guy being jettisoned out. So technically, we won the game, and that's what this is. This is something that's done in four minutes. And it took me a long time to download it. And the animation style is very simple. You know, nothing nothing necessarily uh, discordant about it. But this game was not for me. It's very simple. I need something on the line, along the lines of Red Dead Redemption or my favorite of all time, Grand Theft Auto. I need open sandbox type thing. And little games like this, I see the novelty of it, but I don't know how someone could play this enough to make it into a sensation uh, of a plague. That's all. All right. Here's a big thing we haven't brought up, and I'm sorry I meant to bring this up. This game is about who you're playing with. Is this a party so. game? I think so. Even though I'm bad at the social cues thing and it makes me feel bad, I remember having a great time playing Werewolf with Katie Venino and Adam Starling at all because we were a fun bunch and we all got along. As we mentioned before, you can basically make a virtual party room and play with your friends. And while I still don't think I'd like this game if I were playing with you and Adam and Katie and all my favorite people, it would be a lot more fun. What I did, and I take it what you did, is you just jumped into a game with random strangers on the internet. That's how you had to do it, yes. Well, I really think this game is about who you play with. Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, that, that, I mean, maybe it's more fun to play with your friends. It probably is. No, not for me. But this game, I think, has to rest on that it's about who you're playing with and we we weren't in that experience so how are we possibly going to have a good time you will die over and over and over again so why why did it catch on it, it, it currently has 85 million mobile downloads so 85 million people were able to figure this out and you weren't bill why is it so popular well like now, like 2020 no the year ennis miserable alice like no one has mentioned on this podcast uh, until now in this episode, um, it is really about the room you would create and cultivate between friends. And the uh, the thing that I can compare this to is that um, I keep mentioning these Jackbox games. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or not, but there's a game called Quiplash, which is a little Quiplash bit like a lot of fun. It's a, a lot, lot of, fun. of fun. Yeah, and I, I was playing it in rooms like in Manhattan over the last bunch of years. Like, you know, you'd, you'd actually play that at a party with people. You know, you would use your iPhone as an answer pad. And the idea is that it's almost like Mad Libs. You would fill in a goofy prompt, and the, the goofiest prompt wins popular vote in the room. You know, whatever wins the popular vote, essentially. So it's the idea of cutting your friends up. It's difficult to think of transposing this game to that circumstance. But th the other thing that hasn't... We didn't really talk about is the the fusion of Discord, for instance, on on that. You know, the idea that there are voice chats going so that people right. would be in a a party room, having a parallel conversation, mimicking the 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 actual parlor, the living room that you would be in in, a, in normal circumstances. You can you can you can recreate that with an earpiece and a microphone while you're playing the game in front of you. So you know you're looking at the same game surface, but you get to have a conversation on top of it. Neither of us had that. So we were missing probably an essential vitamin, you know, uh, from this whole thing. Whereas Zoom gave us the ability to just talk to each other. These kind of things give us the ability to play with each other. And not that Zoom can't do that because we've been doing Zoom trivia uh, all, the whole time along the that way. That is my entire job right now is yeah. getting people to play with each other on Zoom. But I could definitely understand why it's popular. Uh, like I said, I think it's it's not just a matter of um, you know something that's cool or something that is uh, really, really well done. Uh, I, I think the pieces are well done enough, but it says something that it existed for two years with very t you know relatively small amount of fanfare. That means it's not necessarily a world beater. I think it means that the, the, the axis of the Earth 
of spun until it caught up with this thing and the moment mm. was right for this particular arrangement of video game pieces to catch on. It's definitely, you know, the party game thing is needed now more than ever, the virtual party game thing. And there are other things like this. My company has never been busier, partly because people are team building is harder to come by now. And there's a couple reasons I think this is especially well to 2020. And I'm going to quote, The Guardian had an article about Among Us, and the quote was, it's emphasis on fabrication, on blame shifting, and on reporting other people to the authorities is extremely <laughs> on point. Yeah, and then an article in Vice goes a little deeper and says, Among Us is rife with ever cascading crises and people trapped in a sense of isolation while they try to solve problems for which they are woefully unequipped. Into this crumbling world, the game introduces a dash of bad faith actors whose purpose, as much as open violence, is to sow distrust and distraction. I think that this game is a very potent metaphor. We talked about zombie movies, and one of the things that always pissed me off, they're like, oh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are such great metaphors for, you know, American society. And I've always thought that was overstated. I love those movies, but I've always thought that they're injecting a little more social commentary than was actually present. But I actually think whether whether by design or not, the social import of these games matched to our time is eerily on point. Um, I mean, this is the problem. We have this intractable, not intractable, very tractable problem, but intractable if we don't show a degree of cooperation. The biggest problem is that we have bad faith actors running around. So then, then I'd ask you, why is it popular? Because my impulse is when I hear that, I want to run the fuck away from it. One of many reasons I want to run the fuck away from this game. But, you know, I guess for some people, it scratch it as an itch or it just, you know, it resonates with them. I, I think that could have been Vic, but I don't know. Only one person can scan at a time. Yeah, I was scanning. Oh, wait, so Vex dead right below us? Ligor? No, Vex Oh, I'm sorry, I was muted. Noah, tell me, would you slash I have liked it as a kid? Uh, probably not. Probably more, but probably not. More because I would find this method of communication to be more, uh, you know, my brain would probably cotton to that better. I still think I would have the issue of being unable to read social cues and, and needing direct, clear communication. By the way, another reason I was a bad stand-up comic. I couldn't vibe off the crowd. I needed to just run through my little routine. It's the same reason this kind of game, I'll have a good time if I'm playing with my friends, but it's never going to be the perfect game for me because I don't, it's just not straightforward enough. There's too much wink, wink, nudge, nudge. What am I not saying, but what am I communicating? I'm going to presuppose that I might like it more than I do now. Going on faith of the fact that these kind of part, these, these parlor games in particular have been so successful for me in great social scenarios, in rooms full of people who I barely know. It's been great to get to know them better. Um, and then with rooms full of people who I know really well, to use that chemistry just to have fun with them, make other people cut up, especially in New York. More often than not, I was in a room full of comedians yeah. or people who were comedy adjacent. One of the endorphin hits I think you get is if you make some comedians, if you cut them up, that means yeah. that you're kind of in the right totally. place. And that's one of my oh. favorite things is because I'm, you know, inside me, there, there's sort of a, a stillborn comedian, even though, you know, I've never did anything about it i always fancy myself as a funny person and the uh the, the, these you have one of my most quotable improv lines ever that's true one of my most repeated improv lines ever <sighs> wait a minute you didn't hear my excuse for screwing everyone over Personal gain. Personal gain. I had a really good use for it. lying. Yeah. Talking about the it. game and how you would have to adapt the the uh, older old man dried up you know versions of me and Noah, the thirty one year old versions of me and Noah, and downscale it to younger people. I assume you're talking about people who are more like you say Noah, more native in terms of like quite literally the language people speak online, which is not quite syntactic 
English. There's that part of it, but then there's also the visual language of what games look like now as opposed to what they looked like when I was younger. But I have to assume I would be playing things like this in addition to playing, you know, your Fortnites and your Red's Dead Redemption and your Grand's Theft Auto along the way. And the other part of this, again, which neither of us did, just to reemphasize, was the Discord thing, working in an audio chat in a party room. That's another crucial part of gaming, which we haven't, we've, we, again, we, not just for this game, we've never done that with any games. In fact, we've had Discord, maybe it's, I mean, I don't even know if we need to talk about Discord because it's nothing more than something that already exists in other forms. Right. It's just concentrated for right. other uses. It's, 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 it's become the, the WhatsApp preferred for game by gamers for yeah, gamers right and so there's no there's no reason for us to talk about it because no, it's, it's really. really just interdisciplinary with a hundred things we've already talked about it would be a reductive conversation we would carry that parlor thing online and we'd be using discord so it's logical to assume i would like it more do you have some tasks to do all of them these aren't too bad at all this first one here we just have to swipe your card easy as that is among us a sign of the apocalypse or merely just a metaphor for the apocalypse? Is it bringing about the apocalypse rather than just reflecting it? It's like this topic has kind of become is a concurrent of the apocalypse, not a sign or, or, or yeah, I mean, what, would we be talking about sourdough bread if there wasn't an apocalypse? And I don't think the answer is yes to that one. But no, I mean, this, this game is benign. I thought it was kind of boring. I thought it was a little obscure, but it was certainly pleasingly done. It looked like the internet. Somebody put a lot of thought into it. It was a labor of love. The for design's this. fine. I don't have problems with the design. I mean, you but know, the, the, whatever. That, it's, that wasn't enough to bring us into it on its own. You know, this guy, Marcus Bramander, looks like he sounds like he's a decent enough guy. Uh, happy that it happened to him. I mean, what this game is providing for a lot of people seems... To maybe like a good apocalypse remedy, or especially since, you know, maybe a good third of the talks we've talked about since we've been shut in are various ways in which we're interacting with one another. So, I mean, I like the idea of something that shortens the way between people. And, I mean, this looks like a fun way to do that. Um, you know, you get a party game going and... and, and you know, there's an atmosphere, there's some electricity, there's some banter and some rhetoric between people. That's some good old American fun. That's that stuff sounds delicious. And it's exactly what people need more of now while loneliness is a, a, a fucking another plague, a figurative plague on society. There's nothing to hate here from a point of view of a neutral observer. It's just everything from me. I guess... It's simple enough that if it's held up, as I say about a lot of stuff, if it ends up being held up as great art, then we have problems. And then, of course, if this becomes the way of people communicating, just with text speak and all that, then maybe discourse will collapse even further. But I, I just, I can't. As much as I hate this game, I can't begrudge it beyond my own very personal, tiny cone of vision reasons. You might want to see an optician. So I might want to see an op. op Ophthalmologist? Optician? What's the difference? Optimist? Really? Optometrist? Op Gyne a gynecologist? An optimist? Podiatrist. Today, me and the boys will be playing Among Us with Sapnap, Dream, and George, three of the biggest Minecraft YouTubers on the platform. Noah, I will finish this off by saying, is you jealous? Yeah. I Not only the modern newfangled video games just don't comport with my kind of entertainment I like, kind of entertainment I understand, and the way people communicate, I can't 
really take part in that. But also, I've always been jealous. When I went to that werewolf thing in San Francisco a few, when I first moved here, it, I was enraged with jealousy, just that like I can't participate in these social arenas, and I feel shut out, and I feel like a loser. So it's jealousy. It's that other people have these social skills that I've just never been able to crack. And it's jealousy. It's sadness. It's To some extent, I've been working on this for 25 years, and I look, I've gotten better at some social things in my life, but not this. And it's been part of the reason why, you know, to open up a little here, why I've always felt aspects of my social life were, were less than I wanted. This this opens a lot of a lot of jealousy doors for me. So let, let's shut them again because it's the last thing I need right now. <laughs> let's keep them shut. Well, yeah. I, I'm jealous of since I became a, a console gamer, games really started going online and multiplayer at that point. And multiplayer gaming is such, I mean, that is gaming now. Uh, what I do, the hermetic experience of a guy sitting on a couch playing the actual mission that the sort of one player first person mission and inside the narrative there's no money to be made in that what you do is you make a game that will exist for years because people create a gestalt out of it whether it's warcraft or, or grand theft auto online or, or fortnite especially you know like the the skin of fortnite is very thin it's what people do with it and the world they make out of it and how many people can play it and how scalable it is i'm no good at that and i'm not interested in it but that's why i'm jealous because there is a multiplayer person out there who gets into all this shit and it looks like a lot of fun and it's and it's where the center of the conversation and gaming is these days. I'm just too crotchety and curmudgeon to play with other people. I don't want to get yeah, I don't want to be called racist, sexist, homophobic things while playing games with other people. That's not the only reason because I'm terrible at the games too, but I just I don't want to be insulted while I'm doing it at the same time. Does that is that jealousy or is that anger? Well, that's I mean jealousy first, but then anger is that there's this other bolt-on of horror, you know, the, the rhetorical horror of the way young people communicate with each other right. in such an antisocial way. So, Noah, where would you put this on the Felonian scale uh, in this case? Oh, it's pretty low down. You know, I didn't like Animal Crossing that much, but it's it's a lot worse than that. As much as this isn't malignant on the world society, or at least I don't think it is, I got to put this in the bottom quarter because it's just, fuck, it sucks. It, I hate it. I wow. hate this. I really hate this. God, I hate this. <laughs> and just don't forget, people, there are people out there who will do anything to survive. And I just hope that if I ever, God forbid, I ever found myself in that position that I wouldn't give up because I, I tend to think I just like sit there in the snow and go, leave me here. Let me die. Go on without me. I'm inspired by people who say no to that and stand up and fight and motherfucking fight for the most precious thing of all, which is life. Well, I put this solidly in the, the above the 50% mark. I put this in the middle really? band towards right. the top. Yeah. I mean, I think it's well done. It's not for you're, me. You're entitled to be wrong. That's what fine. I'm going to do, and I'm, I'm going to probably say something you're not going to agree with because I would equate this to kind of a mismatch. Maisel type deal for me, where I think it's fairly well done. I think it's buzzy at the moment. Not for me, but in particular, it's really for a lot of other people. Like it, it scratches an itch or hits a sweet spot for a lot of other people. All right, Noah, if uh, you in particular, actually maybe even some of the people who listen to this, if they want to catch up on our backlog of podcasts, as I might add, Noah, we are beating down the door to episode 150. Yeah, air, I figured we're somewhere around there. Yeah. We are air, air closer to it, yes. So you could um, find past episodes of our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. And apparently Amazon is starting to list podcasts. Like they sent, really? like, you know, I've, I've applied because apparently a bunch of podcasts at the same time got the same note I did, bigger podcasts. 
and I'm guessing they must scrutinize you to see. Yeah, I guess they're just, they're trying to compete as you know, just be a place an aggregator. So whatever. Soon, I'm sure Amazon will be a place you can get this show. But whatever. Are you sure they're going to approve us? Are we up to Amazon standards? They only sell the finest. Merchandise. They only sell the finest merchandise. We've only bought the finest Puma sweat socks from them, precisely. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, tweet at at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Go on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. That is how people find us. It amplifies. People find us. That is how. So I'm on Twitter at William Scurry. My video content is on youtube.com slash amcaesar. And now Noah is going to go. Uh, I'm all about the bigquizthing.com, America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events. Um, you know, we're doing a bunch of uh, events open to the public coming up, so you can find about out about that, um, posting that left and right on our Facebook page. We have uh, the day you hear this. We're a couple days away from uh, our first event in a series for the New York Historical Society, DC versus Marvel trivia. It's going to be pretty exciting. And then uh, do an event with the Peabody Essex Museum in Massachusetts the very next day, a uh, Halloween-themed quiz, Witchcraft in Salem, Massachusetts. That'll be fun, and uh, various fundraisers and other events coming up. Uh, so learn more at bigquizthing.com. Thank you. So everybody, uh, yeah, get out there and be social, because that is, like I said, a good antidote to loneliness. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.